that's when I realized that the best way for me to help change the system is to change it from within. Yeah. And so that's just when I started learning more and leaning into say, okay, I need to be in human resources so that I can help change the system from within. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, it is June, which means it's LGBTQ plus Pride Month, and we are proud to celebrate here on the podcast by amplifying the voices of pride on brand. So visit us at Lead With Your Brand slash pride so that you can see our full collection of interviews with executives, leaders, and influencers, all who just happen to be members of the LGBTQ plus community. Plus, our friends over at the Out and Equal Workplace Advocates have created discussion guides so that you can have great conversations with your colleagues or your employee resource group members. And this week, we've got an amazing guest. It is Sharon Frank. Franklin Brown, who serves as the Chief Impact Officer at the Los Angeles LGBT Center and is the President of the Board of Directors of Christopher Street West LA Pride. But before we get to Sharon, let's talk a little bit about authenticity. You know, people always throw around that word authentic, and sometimes it even drives me nuts because I'm always like, authentically what? But at the end of the day, being authentic means you're not trying to be someone that you are not. Now, people always come up to me in coaching situations or after I speak at big conferences, and they ask me my advice for how they can build their brand to be just like some famous CEO or executive. Now, here's the deal. It is not that you are someone else. At the end of the day, what you can be is you and be the best you that you can be. Now, that's why we say bring your best authentic authentic self to work every single day. It is about being you and turning up the volume. Now, since it is Pride Month, I know that for so many LGBTQ plus people at work, we often have to make a choice about bringing our full selves to work every single day and whether we're going to choose to be out or in the closet. But I want you to think just how much energy it takes to not share about yourself. Don't you really want to put that energy into being innovative, into taking your projects to the next level, even thinking big picture and strategically about where you and your work needs to go? I'm going to challenge you to put your energy where it counts. 
not into something that could be holding you back. Now, I know it's not just LGBTQ plus people who have challenges sharing their best authentic selves sometimes. And, you know, people often say, you know what? It's work. It isn't personal. Well, you know what? I just call BS on that because most of us spend more time at work with our colleagues than we do oftentimes with our own families. So to me, work is inherently personal and your brand should reflect who you are as a person. Now, for years, I have facilitated what we call a new manager assimilation for different executives who are coming on board with their team. And it's really a process where we help a new executive interact with the team and share information and for that team to provide feedback and ask for information that they're looking for. And there have been several times where I've been challenged by an executive where they say, you know what, Jason, I just don't want to share my personal life with my team. You know what? I just want to focus on getting the work done. I I, I don't want them to know about what's going on in my personal life. And you know, the reality is, is certainly you need to choose what you are comfortable with and clearly what's appropriate to share at work. However, I will tell you in all of these situations when I was doing that new manager assimilation, their direct reports in their new team had members who shared that they felt it was difficult to connect with their new leader. Remember, business, just like your life, is all about relationships. So sharing your best authentic self is at the core of building trust so you can do great work. Well, we've got an amazing guest on the show today. She's an old friend and the chief impact officer at the Los Angeles LGBT Center, which is the world's largest organization serving the LGBTQ plus community. Now, at the center, she is responsible for providing strategic leadership, management, and guidance to programs and human resources for a staff of nearly 800 employees, as well as impact efforts through through grant making and community engagement. She's actually celebrating 15 years with the center, and she also serves as the president of the board of directors for Christopher Street West, which is the organization that brings Los Angeles Pride Parade and Festival every single year, and it's coming up this weekend. Now, Sharon served in the United States Navy Reserves right out of high school while attending the University of Louisiana Monroe, and this early Early training in education set the foundation for a career of leading change in many different industries, including restaurant management, legal services, and academia. In fact, in 1997, she was a city council candidate for Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, making her the first openly transgender candidate to run for public office in the state. I am thrilled to be back in just a couple of moments with my good friend, Sharon Franklin Brown. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And 
we are back with a fabulous guest today. It is my great friend, Sharon Franklin Brown, the Chief Impact Officer of the Los Angeles LGBT Center and the Board President of Christopher Street West behind LA Pride. Sharon, what is going on? Oh my God. First of all, thank you for having me here, Jason. Oh, there's so much going on right now. So Sharon, tell us a little bit about the excitement that's happening at LA Pride this year. On June the 11th, we have our big uh, kickoff uh, uh, Pride in the Park presented by TikTok. And uh, our headliner of that, of course, is Christina Aguilera and Anita will be there. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait. Now, are you getting to to hang out with Christina backstage? Well, I'm hoping so. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but it would be nice to just say uh, hello to one of my favorite uh, entertainers of all time. So, uh, you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. There's the possibility that that I get to say hi and maybe spend five minutes with her. So that's That's amazing. And the parade is coming back and I hear it's going back to its roots. Yes. I mean, this is probably the most exciting. You know, the Pride in the Park is fantastic. And Christina, we love you. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we love you. Okay. But, you know, going back to our roots uh, in Hollywood, where it all started, is, uh, is the highlight. I was just so surprised to learn that way back in 1970, L.A. Pride was the first permitted Pride parade in the entire country on Hollywood Boulevard. So I can't wait to be out there and cheer everybody along. Yes, yes. Uh, It is so, um, you know, uh, one of the founders actually said that, you know, uh, everyone else is doing marches and this is Hollywood. Let's do a parade. (laughs) (laughs) It's so L.A., right? Yes, let's let's do a parade. And we have been parading and uh, and marching at the same time. You know, let's just say marching with a little bit of flair. And glamour. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Now, Sharon, speaking of the fabulous city of Los Angeles, your your day job is being the chief impact officer for the Los Angeles LGBT Center. So when you first meet people and you introduce who you are, how do you explain what it is that you do for the center? One of the best way that I've explained it to people is that as a chief impact officer, uh, our, our, uh, our main goal is to continue to um, to to look for ways that number one that we can make an impact and the, and uh, through efficiency and through uh, engagement uh, across programs and also through around community relationship building because as we know relationship is the uh, is the foundation for change and making things happen. Um, so that's kind of where I start with them. Then as they, uh, and then if I lose them along that way, <laughs> then I'll get a little bit more specific, but usually it starts there, you know, wherever we can make an impact, uh, across the board from programs to, um, to funding sources and efficiency and productivity. And, uh, and most importantly, how do we meet the needs of our clients and continue to serve the LGBTQ plus community in a way that they can thrive with happy, and healthy members of society. Mm, I love hearing that mission statement there. Now, Sharon, you have been with the Los Angeles LGBT Center for so many years, but I want you to look back across your career. What have been some of the big career breakthrough moments for you? I'm pausing now because this is, uh, this is very uh, emotional for me. And no matter how many times I get asked that question, I go back to, 
what is the most, I, I'm going to say the most pivotal uh, turning point in my life that actually shaped me uh, on the journey that brought me here to where I am today. Mm. And, and Jason, I'm gonna, I've been asked this question numbers of times, but it is the same. I go back to that same time that this happened. And, um, and it's one of those moments that you just have to stop and take a brief, but say to yourself, if not, but for that, mm. uh, I would not be the person I am today. Yeah. And, um, you know, back in 1995, I was working for historically um, black university and HBCU. And I had been there for roughly uh, two years. And I, um, and I remember like yesterday. So if it takes me a minute to get this out, it's just because it's, it was in 95, but it's still as fresh today as it was then. Yeah. I had been there roughly for about two years and, um, and I remember being asked, uh, I was called to the human resources department, um, because I was, you know, at that time I was hired, I, I got, it was considered classified as, uh, I was the resident hall director mm. and the position was classified as a temporary position, you know, so, and I've been there for two years and, and now they were going to make the position, uh, uh, and permanent, you know, you're working for the state. I'm not sure how all that bureaucracy works. Um, but she called me to the office and I remember speaking to her. She was asking me and she said, well, you know, um, um, we were doing some background check, redoing some background checks because at that time they had had uh, over that two year span, you know, there were some college professors and employees that were, uh, their credentials wasn't quite up to par, you know, and so <laughs> it wasn't quite up to par. So in this process, she said, we're doing our routine thing. You're moving from temporary to, uh, to a permanent position. And she said, well, in the process of this, we, uh, were, were, uh, were rechecking your, um, your degree. And as she put it, I remember her words. She was saying that the, uh, uh, she used the word biographical. That's what she used. If, uh, uh, information is coming back is that, uh, this degree is, uh, uh, was earned by a male. And we believe you're using your brother's oh, credentials. Wow. And I said, uh, no, uh, I'm not using my brother's, uh, um, credentials. I said, that is actually, um, my degree. And once I proved and, 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 uh, that that was uh, established that that was my degree, um, I was terminated. Oh my gosh. I was terminated. Yeah. I was terminated for being, uh, you know, for living my authentic life. For, yeah. for, for being a trans woman. And so when she, at that time, when, 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 when she said that, uh, when she said that, and, and, and I asked her some questions, like, I mean, uh, on what grounds and stuff. And, and they felt that I was misrepresenting myself and stuff. Wow. So, and I told them, I said, I have not misrepresented myself one day here. I presented who I am, my authentic self. Uh, but of course they didn't see it the same way I did. So I was, I was terminated. But at that point, that really set the stage of, of thrusting me into, um, advocacy. You know, I had done a little, but not as, 
not as open and not as on the stage, uh, the platform that, that I had done before. It was just, you know, these grassroots things, meeting with friends and having different little things, uh, around, uh, encouraging people to live authentic life. But this, uh, this put me on the, I, I would say front, front and center uh, of the stage. And so, you know, when I was, when I, uh, was fired from, from that university, specifically historically black university, it really changed on, it changed me on how I needed to maneuver through the world and how, uh, and what I needed to do to make sure that others don't have to follow that same path. Yeah. But what was really, um, uh, difficult was I had already had, um, through the years, um, when I first transitioned, you know, had, um, lost family members and, you know, you, uh, or you can say disowned, wh- whatever in the process, you know, I didn't speak to my parents for, uh, almost, I would say roughly about 15 years. And we might've only, well, I think I might've spoken to my mother in that process, probably 20 minutes, but I did not speak to my father after, you know, all of this, you know, I consider, you know, uh, you know, when I had uh, initially, um, when, when, when I, when I first started experiencing this transitioning. Yeah. And so, and then at that same time, you, uh, you know, you got to understand this was, you know, late, um, uh, early nineties and yeah. so forth. And so my, um, at that time, you know, there were also the fact that, you know, black churches weren't where they are today. And that yeah. we still got, we still got a long way to go. Yeah. So, so I had experienced that, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the abandonment from that, the being pushed, uh, you know, ostracized, you know, whatever word you want to use, it was a, and so, but then now here we are at a university that was built on, you know, acceptance and change, the foundation yeah. Of, yeah. of that. And this is a group of, uh, Educated people. Okay. And, and yeah. let's educated people, diverse in many different ways, lived experiences and stuff. Um, uh, but, but the, uh, you know, a huge percentage of them of this group is, uh, is African American or black. And so when this group of educated folks said to me that, you know, that you're not wanted, Mm. And it can't, it, the way I saw it, it saw it as, is that, okay, I'm black, but I'm not the right kind of black. Wow. Mm. And so I felt like because it's such a diverse group, yeah, I felt like, okay, wait a minute. Like my whole race had basically just turned against me. And so the thing I had to realize is that I could either as they say, find a hole, crawl a bit, and then just wallow in my own grief, or I, uh, or I can find the strength to push forward. And at that time, it took me a moment, <laughs> but I found it. And I found the, the courage to say, okay, you know, um, I'm fighting back. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that's when I started speaking at different universities and colleges and, uh, and anywhere, uh, organization would have me Yeah. Uh, on, on why it was so important to not only include 
sexual orientation in their um, anti-discrimination clauses, but also include gender identity and gender expression. Yeah. Um, and so I would say to you and to anyone that has asked me, that instant of being into human resources and how that shaped me through the years of also being employed with other organizations before I arrived here at the center. Uh, uh, you know, having that, you know, thinking about whenever you're called or want a moment to speak with your supervisor or you're going to speak with the human resources. Okay. Is this about, I'm about to be terminated again because of people finding out. Yeah. And, and so, wow. so that I can make systemic changes. So, yeah, that might be more than what you asked for. <laughs> no, but Sharon, so talk to me because anytime, anytime someone loses a job, it's, it's devastating. But here I can just imagine you were walking in thinking like, Oh, we're signing the paperwork. I'm getting, you know, permanent status. What is it that you did? to kind of make that pivot and find that strength to say, you know what, I'm going to fight back. I- I'm going to change the system. How did you do that? How did you handle that in that moment? What really was the catalyst that, that pushed me to say, okay, enough's enough is I remember sitting in school and daydreaming about uh, who I wanted to become when I grew up. And being asked by uh, the teacher, uh, you know, asking you that same question that they ask every year a lot. Okay, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And uh, having to not be able to be honest with them and, and say, I would love to be uh, a businesswoman, the woman that I feel that I am. Yeah. And that was the catalyst that says, you know, no child should have to uh sit in a classroom and daydream um, uh, 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 about who they want to become and not be able to say that out of fear of being bullied, harassed, or discrimination. So those are things that keeps me going, that push me forward to finally say, okay, enough's enough. Uh, Let me uh, stand not only for myself, but for those who have um, who've gone before me because I stand on many leaders' shoulders, and and hopefully I can at least make a small difference that that child in that classroom can actually begin to live their authentic self at a very early age. Yeah, and and so now here you are. You are a businesswoman, a very <laughs> successful businesswoman on right the executive team of, of the world's largest organization serving serving our our community. Tell us what has been your your path and your career breakthroughs just working with the center. Oh, well, I think. The first thing with the center is that I started with the center as volunteering, mm. uh, and and that was uh, 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 was my pivotal understanding around who I am and combining, and th- and this is where where the uh, uh, the breakthrough when I started working at the center, I started in human resources and was given that opportunity to to be there. And so when I was able to bring my passion, my advocacy, mm. my authentic self, yeah, all 
together in the workplace. That's when things truly began to blossom. Yeah. You know, uh, because previously I couldn't bring my authentic self to work, you know, nor was I in a position to begin to make that systemic change. Yeah. And so, so those are the three things that happened in my passion and my advocacy and the ability to make a systemic change all came together at once. And the center afforded me that. Wow. That, that is amazing. And I love that, uh, I've known you for so long and didn't even know that, right? I mean, it, it's just a testament to how the organization is always changing lives. And, and thank you for everything you do for our clients, but also supporting our, uh, 800 plus, uh, employees that work, work at the center. Sharon, I talk to younger or earlier career folks who identify as trans or non-gender conforming. What is, and, and one of the things that they always ask is, you know, how, how can they bring their best authentic self to work in the workplace, especially when they're, you know, early in their career? What advice would you have for this next generation of, of folks entering the workforce? Well, I was, first thing I would say is don't reinvent the wheel. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> don't reinvent the wheel. Um, and you may have heard this, uh, you know, um, from others and I, and I've said it earlier in a way that it's just, you, you seek out mentors. There are, but seek them out in many different spaces because you will find, uh, allies in the most unlikely spaces. Yeah. That you would never have even thought about it. So don't limit yourself to like-minded mentors. Yeah. Sharon, let's talk a little bit about your professional brand. Give me three words that you would use to describe Sharon Franklin Brown. Mm. Intentional. Mm. Change. Mm. And movement. Ooh. So intentional change and movement. Talk to me about intentional. How, how do you show up as intentional and what does that mean to you from, from a leadership brand perspective? Well, I think one of the best way to express that is, is that it's through action. Yeah. You know, we, we can say many different things, but action is when we, uh, substantiate those things that we're talking about so that people can be able to, to actually see. So you, you know, so showing up intentionally in a way is, is that it's, it's it is uncomfortable. Yeah. It, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to, to yourself and it's uncomfortable to others, uh, <laughs> you know? And so it's truly walking into a room or, um, or, or, or space where you are not looking for who is in the room, but who is not in the room. Wow. And you're actually raising the question is say, okay, where is such and such? And then asking the difficult questions, why? What have I done to either create a barrier for those that are not there and how do I begin to change that? And then once I get them in the room, I need to create an environment in which they feel that they are valued in the room yeah. and their contributions are valued. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now talk to me about change and movement, right? Those are two other words that you, you feel are part of your brand. How, how do those show up? Well, uh, oftentimes you, and I've used it myself, the word, uh, you know, you're navigating change, but I, I've also learned through the years to, uh, that, and that's where the intentionality comes in there, yeah. you know, because you can navigate change, but you can also navigate to move away from it. Oh, you, know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can navigate and say, I'm going to go left when you should be going right. So yeah. it's like, if this is uncomfortable, I'm going to go uh, to where it's comfortable at. So, uh, so change happens. And this is what I've learned through the years and uh, that, uh, and when true change begins and, and, and when you're speaking about, okay, we want change to happen, then I must allow myself the opportunity to be moved and I must allow others the opportunity to move me mm. because we can both stand on opposite sides of the room yeah. and that's where we will be. Yeah. Okay. If we don't find a way to allow ourselves to change, you know, you know, cause we always talk about compromise and so forth. And, 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 uh, and I, and I think you, you know, change happens in that when, you know, when it's, when it's all muddled up, you know, you have, you know, yeah. it, 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 it happens in, where the emotions are in there, where, where people are at their most vulnerable. And they're also too, sometimes they're also the most frightened, mm. you know, but that's where that true change happens. When all that comes in together, that hodgepodge. Yeah. <laughs> something happens. That's when it happens, but we have to allow ourselves the opportunity to be there yeah. and others to move us. Yeah. And so Sharon, I love that you talk about it's as much about driving change as allowing change to happen to you. So give me an example where as a leader, you've allowed change to occur with you and allowed other people to, to provide change or help influence change with you. Well, I think there's many different moments where I've had to allow people to change me. Um, just in advocacy, you yeah. know, um, I may have a, uh, a steadfast, uh, uh, compass, yeah. you know, for, for my true north to, to, um, to achieve what I want to achieve. But that may not be the, the change that is needed. For the overall movement. Yeah. And if we want to get specific about it, you know, you could say with like the LGBTQ plus movement and being um, uh, trans identified. Yeah. So I may have, and I do have, and through the years, you know, my, uh, my brand or platform early on was really around, um, you know, gender identity and gender expression. Yeah. You know, and, and, and driving that. But, Though the, the change happened and it, and it, uh, and it may have happened on, um, and it happens on a scale, but it may not be the, uh, and what I've learned is, is that, okay, 
if I kept my focus so narrowly focused on just this, sometimes I might miss the entire picture of how gender expression affects us all. Yeah. You know? And so that's where I go to the point of, um, uh, and I had this conversation recently, somebody to one of my friends is, is that it was several years ago and not exactly when, when I, uh, shifted my compass, uh, not, but, but I did not sacrifice integrity and who I am <laughs> instead of my compass pointing to trans and, uh, and non-binary and gender expression, the compass, th- that was my true North, you know, yeah. tr- uh, uh, so I changed my true North, uh, to be, uh, the movement for the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. You know, and I and, and so I made that shift to say, okay, this is about the movement, and it also was about to remind, and and, and it was a reminder to me that you know, uh, Sharon, I'm talking third person now, <laughs> that you 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 talk about making change for that child, uh, you know, in school, living their authentic life. Well, it's not just whether or not it's around gender identity or gender expression and it's not just uh sexual orientation it's a whole host of things you know and all these is the more things it's 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 any child that wants to to live their authentic life whatever that may be and that's when i and i made the, the conscious shift is to 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 uh to say okay I need to rearrange my compass. So Sharon, we always talk about bringing our best authentic selves, you know, to work and to life. What does that look like for you to show up as your best authentic self? Fabulous. (laughs) 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 Total fabulous and glamour. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone else is wearing, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, your suit and tie. Okay. I may throw on a suit, but it's going to be sequenced. So, you yes. know, <laughs> you know, so, but all jokes aside, but that's also part of authentic self, being able to present yourself on how you feel and who you are. And that allows me to be able to be mean, to be myself. And I don't necessarily have to, uh, fit in this mold when I walk into that room and into that space. Yeah. It's like, okay, and we all bring that and we all learn that. So you're bringing yourself, your lived experience, your culture, your, uh, uh, your race, your, uh, your, your, uh, gender identity, sexual orientation, all of that is coming into that space. So Sharon, tell me a little bit about how your brand has evolved over time. You talked about being intentional change movement. Was that how you were as a kid and even an early professional or how much of that has changed or been sort of a common throughput in your brand? Uh, I am completely different than <laughs> that was years ago. Uh, now some things have not changed. You know, yeah. the things that remain constant is, uh, it's my uh, commitment, conviction, and integrity. Uh, but how I do things and how I approach things have truly changed uh, 
uh, through the years. Uh, as a child, you know, I was a middle uh, child, so three older and three younger. So you're having to, uh, I, I always, I, and I joke with my mom a lot. I said, well, I never got what I wanted because I had three <laughs> over here that I had I had to convince one of them. <laughs> so, I so, so, uh, so, uh, so the art of negotiation with me started very young. I just, <laughs> I just got better through the years. Um, but I think the thing is, is that, and, and, um, I've learned to, uh, to seek out, uh, mentors and mentors that not necessarily, uh, that are um, that are like me, or, or even have the same identities and stuff. I have intentionally uh, sought out mentors that were completely opposite of who I am, yeah. and completely opposite in a lot of the uh, 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 my beliefs. Yeah, because I wanted number one is to put myself in an uncomfortable situation yeah. so that I can begin to learn on why. You know, why is there such a difference? And, and also learning from them, because I think you can learn something from anyone, regardless of, uh, of who they are, their lived experiences or age and so forth. And so one of the constant things that I have always done, and, and you may have heard things like this before, is, is that, you know, truly striving to be better tomorrow than I am today. And one of the ways that I feel that I have, uh, uh, um, I have achieved that are constantly striving to that, which I am is to place myself in uncomfortable uh, positions. And that is also means that uh, I am intentionally going to areas that I am unfamiliar with. I am intentionally surrounding myself with different cultures that I am unfamiliar with in order to better myself so I can better understand who you are, understand your culture. And, uh, and within that I'm constantly changing. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, that you're always open for change while you're helping change the world. Sharon, who, who's one of your mentors that you intentionally found that's very different and not like-minded to you? I will not give the name, (laughs) (laughs) but what I will give you that, uh, and I, you know, uh, it's, you know, there's no way around it. And and it's that, okay. Uh, (laughs) okay. This happened years ago that helped to put me on this, uh, process. And I think there was like in 97, I would say a very conservative Republican. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and and so how does how does someone like you working in the movement go out and solicit a mentor that is like so completely opposite? How, how did that even occur? Well, I wanted to understand. I yeah. wanted to understand what was it uh, uh, about uh me and people like me in the movement that was so offensive, you know, mm-hmm. or th- th- that you felt that was so uh, uh, offensive to, to them yeah. or, or so just on the opposite side of, yeah. of, of where your stance was. And so it just so happened one day that I, um, uh, we, we ended up in the same restaurant one day and, 
uh, <laughs> if he hears this, he's going to be like, he's remembers be this. <laughs> recall, and it's like, that's why I cannot reveal the name. I was like, okay. And I literally walked up, you know, how those restaurant bars and something. And, yeah. and I noticed, I noticed him sitting there and I was like, okay, I'm going in. As they say. <laughs> and literally uh, we sat there and we chat and we chatted for a while. And, and we, um, and that was the start of me understanding that, and I think vice uh, uh, vice versa, we both began to understand each other. Now I'm saying, now he didn't change overnight, and nor did I change my opinions about that <laughs> overnight. But this was '97. Yeah. And today, if you were to meet him today and stuff, you would be completely like, okay, you mean to tell me you two are opposite sides? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And Sharon, what did you learn from him? What What did you learn from that relationship that helped you be a better leader and person? You know that old uh, cliche, don't judge a book by its cover? Yeah. Uh, but in this case, sometimes we do. Sometimes uh, we only see what's being presented in front of us, but we don't necessarily know what is the root cause of why that person presents that way. Yeah. And so that's what I learned from him. I learned from him to, uh, uh, to, to, to get, continue to get out of my comfort zone and to, uh, to go in those spaces where you would not normally go. And you may find some of your biggest allies within that space. Wow. They're just not able to, they're just not able to be their authentic selves yet. Wow. Wow. That is deep. Well, Sharon, a couple of quick, fun questions to close us okay. out. We've been talking all about your brand. What brand are you obsessed with as a consumer? What can't you live without? What I can't live without. First of all, I love my sequence. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sharon, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? I would say what I drive now, Lincoln. I love Lincoln. So. <laughs> oh, and why are you like a Lincoln and why do you love a Lincoln? Oh my God. It's smooth and a comfortable ride. But you know, if you're going, if you're going to take a ride, and, and it's for a long term, long term. And, and cause I'm one of those people who believe in the end game, the long game. Yeah. Make sure it's a comfortable one. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Sharon, what's the best career advice you'd like to pass on to our listeners today? Allow yourself the opportunity to be moved and allow others opportunity to move you and to seek out as many mentors as you can possibly can. And continue to look for them in the um, spaces that you're not normally familiar with. Mm. Well, Sharon Franklin Brown, so thank you so much for your intentionality, for creating change, driving the movement. And we're going to add on fabulous, as you mentioned. <laughs> now, Sharon, tell us, uh, for everyone that's looking for information about uh, Los Angeles Pride coming up, where should they go? 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> LAPride.org, um, and you'll be able to pull up the uh, the complete uh, list of everything that's going on for the month of June. It is fantastic. Christina, we just can't wait. Hollywood, we're looking to return once again. And uh, also, too, one thing I did miss, Pride makes a difference. We're continuing to highlight uh, different areas of where we are giving back around a different insecurities for housing and food. So once again, happy Pride, everyone. And let's make it a great one this year. Happy Pride, Sharon. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, what an amazing conversation with Sharon Franklin Brown, the Chief Impact Officer at the Los Angeles LGBT Center and the President of the Board of Directors for Christopher Street West. You know, Sharon just shared so much great stuff and she's been such an amazing champion for the community. But one of the things that I really loved that she talked about was this whole focus on mentorship. You know, we always talk about how exposure is really the key to amplifying your performance and your brand, and having mentors or that personal board of directors is an excellent way to do that. What really jumped out at me from what Sharon talked about was challenging you to find mentors that are different from you, that can give a different perspective. Remember, that mentor is not necessarily a coach on the specific intricacies of your job. In a much bigger way, there's someone that's helping you look at the big picture and look up and out across all of the amazing career opportunities. So ask yourself, what have you done lately to find a new mentor? Or if you've got mentors, what have you done lately to make sure that you're engaging them in a relationship where they are learning as much from you? as you are from them. Well, that's our show. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure that you follow us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll deliver a brand new show every single Tuesday. And since it's Pride Month, make sure to check out our Pride on Brand collection at leadwithyourbrand.com slash pride. Follow me on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms. And check me out on LinkedIn, where I share tons of tips and tricks on how to lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. And most importantly, don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure in your career, you're a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.